Welcome to the Leaders with Leverage podcast. You're listening to a show within a show, Quick Take. This is me with my good friend, James Caps, and I'm Susie Tomanchuk. In these mini episodes, we take questions that are on the minds of executives everywhere. We take it from the practical and discuss the associated best practices. I admit we have a lot of fun along the way, so join us. These episodes are about 10 minutes long and they're actionable. They're tips that you can incorporate today. Let's do this. Hey, welcome to Quick Chinks, where we talk about topics that are on the minds of executives everywhere. Welcome, James Caps. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. <laughs> Uh, too much fun. Are we going to keep going? We're going to keep going. We're going to roll through this. All right. We're going to. Every day is a day. Any day you're laughing, it's a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's very true. It's a good day when you don't take life so seriously. So with that, isn't that a great way into our topic today? We're going to talk about something that, you know, we've been talking about this great, uh, uh, not recession, recession, yes. Also, yeah. yeah, but w- talking about how people are moving on to other... The big resignation, yeah. It's a yeah. huge issue. And, and just the, with the attrition and the, and the people leaving their roles, it's a it's a topic of daily conversation around, uh, certainly in, in our leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to take it up a level today. We're yeah. going up an escalator, if you will. So That's tell right. Us we're just, how are you well, I think that the, the issue at hand is really something that, again, I was at an event recently with a, uh, some leaders here in Colorado, and we were talking about attrition and and the challenges of keeping you know your good your good folks and and obviously many of us spend time worried about you know our java developer or our uh, individual contributors our 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 entry level or maybe mid-tier folks or even maybe our upper management but i think at the end of the day the most expensive loss is really our senior executive suite and i want to spend a few minutes talking about you know leadership retention and, uh, you know, you can put some quick metrics to the cost of backfilling an individual contributor between just mm-hmm. the cost of, uh, of the uh, recruiter, uh, the, the downtime of that particular person, and then the ramp up time. It's, uh, you, can, you can put some numbers on that. But think about losing your CHRO, losing your yeah. VP of sales or your, you know, your operations executive. That's an extremely expensive mm-hmm. loss. And I think we need to take a few minutes about and think about what does it take to keep the most senior people, uh, and that that goes beyond just the salary, the bonus, and and whatever perks uh, your your industry allows. Yeah, I think that's good, and I I also think there's been so much noise right now that without this focus on this level, that you could have tremendous um, repercussions to the business, as you say. So it's important to. Well, really I don't think the leadership isn't immune from the all of the. Fle- the fluidity in the industry just yeah. because everybody you know we could talk about people jumping jobs but i mean that the c-level suite is uh, no more stable than any other suite and i think uh, there's yeah. some there's some conversation here to be had all right that sounds good well take us through it i'm sure you have a few modules i have one or two maybe three ideas that we'd be talking about um, all right but, take uh, it away you know, I think that one of the things I find super interesting when you think about an executive is many of us are just uh, um, uh, really trained and, and expected to work in ambiguity, right? As yeah. people get more senior, you expect that their goals are a little less crisp, that they're a little more vague, that they're more directional. You know, I, I like to be said, I want someone to point me in a direction and, and, and just slap me on my butt and send me on my way. Um, but I think that... Uh, 
uh, uh, leaders were going to be more likely to stay at their firm if they have a good definition of what success is for them. If they know what good performance is, then they're more likely to, to, to stick around because I think, um, you know, I, I like to say good fences make good neighbors and a good boundary uh, often helps uh, people feel successful. And I think that that applies to leaders uh, at a senior level as well. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it does seem like something we don't talk about a lot at that level, but there mm-hmm. is something about that level of confidence when you really know exactly what that measurement is so that you know where you're, where you're at. And it's, yes, you have to lead in a lot of ambiguity, as you said, but at the end of the day, you need to have some kind of metric that allows you to kind of stay focused well, metric or touch point, you know, I mean, uh, when, if you think about your one-on-ones with your, uh, exe- with your direct supervisor over the years, and, you know, maybe you had a weekly, maybe you had a monthly, you know, the, the guy I report into, I, I see him maybe at once a quarter. And I need that kind of just, that quarter is critical. I just need to make sure that, uh, that we do have uh, alignment on what I'm supposed to be doing. And many times we do get together and it's very tactical. You know, we worry about this region. We worry about these systems. We worry about this staff. But, I, you know, it is important that we have five minutes of, hey, you're doing exactly what I need you to do. Pay attention to Atlanta because I got a problem down there. But, yes, thank you for everything you're doing. And it's not that I need an ego boost. I just need to know. We need to know. He and I need to know that we're aligned. And I think that that's really undervalued and, and I think uh, a key element to making sure uh, people stick around and feel valued. And do you think that measurement comes from me or my boss? Like who is the one that, that is the kind of the states it, or is it dependent on the role? Well, it depends on the role, depends on the people. But I think if, if, if uh, you just need to have an alignment, you just need to be on the same page and it's, it doesn't need to be, you know, Hey, Carl, please tell me what I should be doing. It's Carl, this is what I'm doing. Are we good with that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and I think, and it doesn't need to be very specific. It just needs to be, I'm going north. Are we still aligned yeah. on that? Is that what you need right now? Well, no, James, I'm going north. Okay, good. Glad we talked. Um, let's, yeah. I'll, I'll take south. Good. You take north. And that's important. And I think uh, yeah. we'll all be, you're just better and more successful and more likely to feel like I'm part of the team if, I'm, if we're aligned. Fair enough. I like the tactics around that and the examples. So what's number two? Yeah, I think equally important is uh, as leaders, we all need to have an understanding of what our career path looks like, right? And it does sometimes seem self-evident. I've been in small firms where the career path was literally like the CEO leaves. That's not very complicated career pathing. But when you get to a larger firm, like I'm with BlackRock right now, that's an incredibly complex organization that has a myriad of of options and opportunities. And we we have a lot of uh, intermobility conversations and we do like to cross pollinate within the firm. And for me and my uh, leadership team and the people I work with uh, to have a clear path on where we, what we see for each other next and what he sees for me next is super important. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes towards my ability to improve my skills uh, and uh, understand where I'll be. Uh, But also for, for my directs that I'm supporting and making sure that they have an understanding of what it takes to do my job or, you know what, my job is not your next job. Your job is to run this department. I need you running Chicago. That makes more sense as a career path than for you to wait for me to get hit by a bus. And that conversation goes a long way towards uh, understanding um, what skills do you need to improve? What relationships do you need to improve? um, And and what the, again, what you should be expected to accomplish over the next uh, 
X period of time. So, you know, it's so valuable when you are on alignment of what it means uh, for you to do next. Um, and even if, and I think, oh, let me just make one more point. I think it's a healthy conversation to say your next role is not with this firm. Um, and I think uh, that's not, uh, I, I think that kind of honesty with your leadership, or with your manager or with your people is incredible. Um, I've had many people when I was the CTO of a small firm, my, my number two, I said, you're never going to get my job because it's, you're better than this and your next job should be the CTO of another firm. And that's where he is right now. Um, I was a, uh, actually at an event recently and we, we all sat there and counted the number of people that we had created uh, that had become CTOs. Uh, nice. It was an interesting uh, bragging rights of, of the people that we yeah. had uh, had uh, had fostered into that. And so yeah. um, I think that's a key uh, element is to help people uh, understand their career path. Yeah. And it, and it empowers those people to help them figure oh, it out. Sure. Yeah. I love yeah. that. All right. Yeah. What's the last one? Well, I think the third one really is uh, we talk about the relationship that you should have with with uh, with your as a as a leadership team and as a when when you're dealing with your C level suite or your senior executive suite, they, that relationship is is so much stronger and that connection it's so much stronger when you have the opportunity to have those coaching moments. And I statistics show that if if you have uh, coaching opportunities with with your manager or from a leader, you are much more likely to stay. And I think this goes back to so many of the topics you and I have talked about, vulnerability, honesty, transparency, yeah. communication. If you take the opportunity to have a coaching moment with one of your senior leaders, that goes a million miles. And it's yeah. not, you know, hey, Carl, you should uh, really um, work on your on your posture. These are like very senior things. Yeah. Like we're talking about, hey, you know what? Uh, um, let's, let's brush up on your understanding of, uh, of ETFs and futures, because that's an area that we're really going to get into. Or, hey, can you tr help me understand this? Or, hey, in this meeting, you have to understand that these folks are, are, are not as uh, up to speed on this topic as you might think. That type of, of, of non-confrontational, honest, and, and genuine helping you grow kind of feedback coaching, that, that is amazing. Uh, it's yeah. on the spot. Uh, it's helpful, and and more than anything, I think it creates that that stickiness of, for leaders to to want to stay a part of that team. Yeah, and I just want to add as a as a and you gave some great examples about maybe specific things, but even saying, "Hey, James, how are you going to get to this this goal?" and not Excellent giving them type of coaching, what, right? Yeah, like just give letting them because so much of that has to come from their desire and passion to get there. And figuring it out is a part of that. That's why you're the coach. I think that's a really <laughs> great point of, of like there's there's two types of coaching. And one is just asking the questions uh, for people to get to the answer. The other kind is, is you know, specific topical things. But I think that's, yep. that's a much more powerful way to coach uh, is to really, uh, you know, just, uh, just uh, start the dialogue, start the thinking process and making it a uh, mutually engaging process. Uh, uh, opportunity for growth is is super powerful, and I think that that that's incredibly uh, useful to keep uh, when you're thinking and worrying about losing losing your leadership. Well, and it brings to point two things. One is you really need to understand what are those gears, those natural tendencies that your mm. your people have, and how do yep. you coach them? That's going to bring the best yeah. out of them. Yeah, yeah. And spending the time being proactive to think about these things, because if you're you need to make oh, great space point. for that. And I think at senior levels, we don't schedule that time, if you will. No, I think that's a really excellent point. And I think maybe the theme underneath all of this is that we need to make the time to do these types of things for our senior level people. Yeah. And, and we don't. We don't find the capacity. We don't make the time. 
And and honestly, there is a little bit of intimidation of you know, like a lot of the people that I work for, I will have have worked for me, and the people that work for me now, I will work for them in the future. And so, you you, you do uh, you know get to a place where you wonder, um, you know, am I in a position to coach this person? Do I really need yeah. to give them guidance? Look, if we're all um, working with the best of the best, and and you know you make sure you're not the smartest person in the room when you're in the room, then all every opportunity is a growth opportunity, and so that's that's just that's a better great. way to to ensure your team stays. Awesome, awesome. All right, so the three, do you want to do you want to restate? Yeah, them see if I can do them. Mind? Right, the mm-hmm. first one is really making sure that uh, uh, your team understands uh, their their career path. Right. That's the second one, actually. The first one was uh, making sure that uh, we all understand the definition of good. Right. What does yes. success look like? Are we clear on the path? The second one, making sure that we um, uh, have a career path. And third is really making sure that uh, we are. What was the third one? That we we off coaching. Oh, coaching opportunity. Yeah, we're coaching. See, we see what I did there? Do you see what I did? Mm-hmm. I you kind of led me to it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't give me the whole thing. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> then I told you. That I told but then you, you the told joke, me now because you know. yeah, that's all it is. So <laughs> well, three things. Those are three good things. They won't forget them now because it took <laughs> us a long time to wrap that one up. But, you know, keep watching us. You know, we appreciate you being here and see we're here with our own vulnerabilities. So uh, hoping you, you pulled something really valuable out of today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Leaders with Leverage. If you're ready to continue your professional growth, commit to accelerating your career development, and say goodbye to that anxious feeling in your stomach anytime you need to advocate for yourself, then get my book, The Art of Everyday Negotiation Without Manipulation. In this book, you'll learn the essential steps to take before entering into any negotiation or conversation, any interaction in your day-to-day. You'll discover what the other party really needs and be clear about what you're going after. You'll bust through your fears and boost your confidence and embrace that negotiation truly happens all around us. Head to the link in the show notes for more and you can even get a bonus if you buy it today.